When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero and Sean Starr. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Marinero, Sean Starr, the Sick Podcast brought to you by my bookie. Use code SICKPIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Today's going to be a great one, Sean, as they all are, but today has a special flavor because we're talking hoops with one man synonymous with it, especially on the Toronto scene. He's very well known from TSN, basketball expert, analyst, color man, aficionado, Jack Armstrong. How you doing, bud? Well, you know, the check's in the mail. I don't normally get introductions like that. Expert, aficionado, uh, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of uh, what we would call BS. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, I'm happy to be on. If you think I know what I'm talking about, I got you fooled. But uh, yeah. happy to be here, so fire it up. Yeah, listen, look, you got your you got your Buffalo Bills zippy on. I mean, where does this rank? Where does this rank? It took twenty five years to get this team back to a conference championship. How you good? How good you feeling, Jack? I'm excited. Uh, obviously, you're playing a great team in the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, uh, but you know it's interesting. Pat Riley uh, years ago had a great quote. He said, uh, "You know, certain teams are on that innocent climb, and the Bills are kind of that team. They're very likable. Uh, they're they're still growing. They're still progressing, and they're on that innocent climb. And a lot of times, when you're on that innocent climb, the perfect time to get people is when you're still climbing." And uh, I would say the four remaining teams uh, that we have right now, I would say people would probably say they're the least likely to win it. And uh, therefore, I think that, they, you know, I don't know if they're playing with house money, but they're, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're going to be loose, I hope, and come out aggressive. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. I know a lot of the people with the organization and uh, um, we've been season ticket holders for a long time. And, uh, just really happy for them. Uh, they're a fun team. They're exciting. And uh, bottom line, uh, to beat Kansas City, if, particularly if Mahomes is healthy, uh, you're going to have to score over 30 points to win. Uh, the last time they played them a few months ago, uh, I thought they played kind of vanilla and kind of bland. Um, I don't know if it was because they thought they'd play them again. I really don't know. But uh, nonetheless, uh, you got to go in with the mindset that you got to score at least 30 points to have any chance to win. And they have the quarterback and the team and the offense capable to do it. So we look forward to watching, Jack, and we look forward to talking basketball with you. Let, let's start with this. Who are the real Toronto Raptors, the team that struggled out of the gate or the team that's been able to string some wings together as of late or, or a combination of them both? Uh, I, you know, you can never discount the early part. Uh, you are what your record is, and they're five and eight. Uh, you know, they've won three in a row. Uh, prior to that, they lost two games by one point. Uh, they kind of 
uh, coughed up the lead there late. Uh, you know, so they could easily be sitting here with a winning record right now, but they are. So, but that's all part of it. Um, but I, I feel like they're trending in the right direction. They're doing good things. They're starting to figure out who they are. Uh, I still think they probably lack one guy, you know, another guy. Uh, in my opinion, they really miss Serge Ibaka. I mean, if Serge Ibaka is on this team right now, they're probably, I don't know, eight and, you know, eight and five or whatever, nine and four. Uh, they're good. They're, one of, they're still one of the better teams in the NBA if he's on their team. Right now, they're in a, in a kind of a transition phase, trying to figure out who they are. But I tell you what, if, if, if they are the team we've seen in the last five games, I kind of like where they're going. And if they are that team, then I think they'll be a playoff team again. I came into the season thinking they would be. And if again, if they're the team they've been the last five games, uh, they're three and two in that stretch. But I'll take my chances with that group. Well, it sounds, Jack, like you you know, if that's the case, you're buying in the Raptors at the right time. How much, though, can 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 we look at what's happened in Toronto in the early blush of the season and some of the drama they've put behind them, whether it involved uh, COVID-related issues or whether it involved Pascal Siakam and trying to get everybody on the same page early on? How much does it does it bother the routine? And, and eventually, how long does it take to get used to the fact that they're playing an Emily Arena in, in Tampa, that you don't have your spot on your floor, the comforts at home? We know how how habitual these pro athletes are. They're so superstitious. Talk me through what Amelie Arena causes in terms of getting used to that spot. No, it's different. Uh, you're totally right. And and it's interesting. Uh, you know, we're doing the game, Raptor Games television radio remotely from Toronto. So last night uh, I did the game on television. And before the game started, I walked into the bowl uh, to watch the Leafs win a peg Jets. And there's nobody there. Right. And, uh, you know, then I walk in and I'm calling a game off of TV. I mean, it's a crazy world we're in right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking down there. I'm feeling for the guys on the on the uh, Leafs and the Jets out there playing and there's nobody there. Uh, you know, that's hard. Now, when you're a little kid, you grow up playing hockey and you just love playing. You don't care if there's 100 people there or nobody. Uh, but nonetheless, it's still different. And I think for the Raptors, it's been a big adjustment. Uh, when they did have fans... Unfortunately, half the fans were there to see the Celtics or the Knicks. You know, uh, Florida's filled the snowbirds. It's kind of a transient place. That's why, in my opinion, uh, baseball hasn't worked there with the Rays and the Marlins. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, like a place like Montreal or New York or or Philadelphia, places like that. People are there all the time. They're passionate about their team. Uh, so for Toronto, now they have no fans. Uh, it was a big adjustment, I think, for the team, the players, the staff, everyone involved. Uh, it's going to take time. Hey, look, the benefits are warm weather, no state income tax. Those are those are good things. Yeah. Uh, but but nonetheless, you're kind of displaced. Uh, they had an early road schedule. Uh, they're finally sleeping in, in their own beds, whatever those beds are, because yeah. they had to find places to live. Uh, and they're starting to get into a little bit of a routine. So. Uh, only time will tell, but, uh, you know, with the whole situation right now, who knows if they'll play a game at all this year in Canada. The Sick Podcast, you can follow on the Facebook page, The Sick Podcast, like it and share it with your friends. And, of course, you can follow our Instagram, at The Sick Podcast. You talked about Montreal. That's where Sean and I are. And I'm going to preface it by saying that maybe there's a little bit of Montreal bias that is kicking in here. But, Jack, hasn't Chris Boucher shown enough coming off the bench to start 
games? You know what? Uh, there's no question. He does. He, you know, he, he, he definitely is a guy based upon performance that could easily have his name announced. Uh, but that's all ceremonial, honestly. Um, you know, I mean, the reality is it's who finishes and who's out there in the meat of the game when it really matters. Mm. Uh, Aaron Baines ain't out there at that point. It's Chris Boucher is out there. Uh, so to me, uh, I don't think, uh, to get caught up in that is a big deal. I think Nick Nurse knows that it helps his team to get a little pop, a little burst, a little juice from Boucher and Norm Powell off the bench. And if you if you put all your eggs in the starting group, uh, how much do you have coming off the bench? I think the bench is playing great right now. Uh, and I think for Chris Boucher, you know, certain guys are better just kind of watching the first four minutes of the game, five minutes. You know, Baines comes out. And now he's in that kind of transitional zone where maybe he plays against the starter for a minute, and then he starts playing against second line guys. You guys know it with hockey when yeah. you match when you match lines and all that. Yep. And and now Boucher gets his feet on the ground, gets established, and he's playing well against starting players. He's playing well against reserves. And the key is, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, he's rolling right now. And I think as long as he's cool with it, and I, he looked completely cool with it, uh, it's all good, man. You know, I watched uh, Kemba Walker's return for Boston and watched the New York Knicks absolutely spank him on the weekend, which led me down the path of how wild the East is and how wild I think it's going to be, Jack, for the rest of the season, which takes us to what's happening in Brooklyn with James Harden dishing out 12 assists, Kevin Durant locking it down in the fourth quarter, big rivalry game, 125-123, final over Yanis and the Bucks earlier in the week and I'm and I'm curious about the dynamic at play with Steve Nash and everything in Brooklyn so I'll simplify the question I guess Kyrie Irving has come out and apologized for what's happened he's happy to be back to work does Brooklyn need Kyrie now that they got Harden there it looks like he's engaged and KD is one of the most electrifying players in the league do they need Kyrie now at this point well it's a it's a kind of a loaded question uh do they need him yes absolutely uh, the question of what need means is is loaded. Right. Uh, do you need him on your team or you need him to play really well the next few weeks and then make and then try to convince somebody to take him in a trade? You know, right. so need is kind of how you look at it. Uh, I think a lot of it's going to be based upon body language and communication and uh, group dynamics the next few weeks. Uh, and they'll see what. Uh, is going down with him at that point. And if they feel like he fits and they fit, that's cool. Uh, if they feel like things are still going well, but they're, uh, the, bur the bridge has been burned and they need to move on, then you want to pop up, you want to prop up his, his market value as much as you can and try to move him. So I don't know the answer to the question. I, yeah. do, know, I do know that it needs to get answered one way or the other. Jack, I so enjoyed watching Portland last year in the playoffs and Damian Lillard doing his thing, but uh, I don't know if there's a team that's more snake-bitten than them. Two big injuries right now, Nurkic and McCollum. Seems to me there's going to be an awful lot of pressure on Lillard, uh, maybe too much. How do you see that situation going down? No, you're right. And, and, and let's not forget the fact that Zach Collins has been hurt as well, who's a very good young big man. So you're talking about three uh, I mean, two very good players and another good player. Uh, no, I, I think they're in trouble. Uh, I really do. I agree with you. I think they're in big trouble. Uh, that conference is real good. 
their mojo, their personality is their backcourt. And, and, and Nurkic as well uh, is just such a beast. Now, Cantor was a good pickup for them. Uh, the challenge when you play Cantor a lot and you also have Carmelo, those guys are not good defenders. Uh, you know, they're good offensive players, uh, but they're going to have to outscore people. I mean, a guy like Cantor, you just put him in screen and roll, and it's like a revolving door uh, trying to defend that. So, uh, yeah, they got issues. They're going to have to outscore people big time. Uh, you know, maybe they will, but nonetheless, they got really no defensive presence. You know, there's no doubt when it comes to um, our leagues in, in in North America, everything's better when, you know, the Leafs are competitive, um, you know, the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox or the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the Golden State Warriors, Jack, for me, fall into that category that the NBA is a better place when Steph Curry's lighting it up and the Golden State Warriors are competitive. Uh, what does this do to the landscape now that Steph Curry is starting to get a hot hand again in the Western Conference specifically? Well, it's great for our sport uh, because he's such a tremendous young man. He's such a likable young man. Um, obviously, I got to know Del, uh, the whole Curry family when his father, Dell, played with the Raptors. And you're not going to find nicer people. And uh, so you root for that. And I think for young people uh, everywhere across the world, I mean, Steph Curry is a tremendous role model and a, a, a kid that you can aspire to be like. So to me, I think it's great for our sport. Uh, and he's just a joy to watch. I mean, the guy is probably the greatest shooter I've ever seen because, uh, you know, there might be a better catch and shoot guy or there might be a guy who can create a shot off the bounce better. You know, we, we could argue who that is, but to, to take both those skills uh, and, and put it together and look at a guy and say, He's great off the catch. He's great creating his own shot with the dribble. I don't think I've ever seen a shooter better than him. And, uh, you know, and his father was a great shooter and uh, the Reggie Millers and, uh, you know, a lot of different guys that you could, you could talk about uh, that. But I, I don't know if I've ever seen a better shooter than him. Jack, you're such a great basketball voice, especially in Canada for us in our country. In 30 seconds, if you can, can you talk to us about how healthy the game is in Canada with some of the Canadian players that are being produced and getting an opportunity in the NBA? Oh, I, I think it's great. Uh, I'm so excited about where Canadian basketball is going. As you know, it's the fastest growth sport in uh, in in Canada. Uh, and, and, you know, I think the future uh, is bright. Uh, you know, the, the NBA, the second largest representation in the league is from Canada. Uh, you look at the WNBA, you look at NCAA basketball, guys and gals, you look at Canadians playing overseas, uh, you look at the the, the booming, uh, you know, rep level basketball all across Canada. I just think it's remarkable. Look at the TV ratings, look at the entire thing. So I'm just so excited uh, to be part of it. And the NBA is in its 26th year. Uh, and I would love to see another Canadian franchise. Uh, obviously, Montreal's been mentioned. Vancouver's been mentioned. I think if the NBA has expansion, uh, no question the first city to get uh, a team would be Seattle, rightfully so. Uh, it, it's a disgrace that th they lost the Sonics. But if they were to add a second team, I would love to see Canada be in that, that place that could get Amen. the second Amen. team. You know, it would probably be a big competition with Vegas. Uh, that would probably be another market that you'd have to compete against. And maybe a Kansas City, 
but but I really think uh, you know it would be great to see a Montreal get it or a Vancouver, whatever. We'll finish with that. Thank you, Jack Armstrong. You just watched and listened to the Sick Podcast. Thanks, Jack. Guys, my pleasure. All the best. Go Bills. Go Raptors. And go Habs as well. And we got. Hey, by the way, we got to get the Expos back. What's going on, man? We got to get the Expos back. Make us cry, Jack. Rusty Stop, John Bacchabella. Come on. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> John Bacchabella. I love it. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid.